Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Monday, everybody. Back to the start of the week, March 15th. But, of course, we've got the coronavirus situation going on, so a lot of people may be staying inside. Don't worry, I'll be keeping you company. we got a lot to talk about today, so we have a very exciting show going into it. With the NFL Players Association approving the uh, the collective bargaining agreement, that means that free agency in the NFL season, or the NFL year, rather, is ready to get underway. That means the Steelers are ready to make moves. We'll talk about what that means, then we'll take a bigger look around around the country and see what other big signings have been happening that are going to impact the season. And of course, it's Mock Draft Monday. We'll announce our, our winner of the contest as well as go over the recent Mock Draft on the Draft Network. Let's get into it. All right, happy Monday, everyone. Hope everyone had a safe weekend and uh, was able to at least maybe enjoy St. Patrick's Day on their own time. I know with the coronavirus situation sweeping the U.S., there's been a lot of concern. A lot of there's been a lack of sports. A lot of people have been worried about going out and you know taking very big, very very big precautions. I you know just on this show, just we're just gonna say, hope you are keeping precautions. Watch where you're putting your hands. Do clean your hands as much as possible and clean the surfaces around your house. Those things are important. Um, but uh, we're going to get into some Steelers stock to help you get your mind off of that, and that's what's going to start off. So the top story, of course, the NFL CBA approved of the uh, of the uh, of the NFL Players Association approved of the NFL CBA a collective bargaining agreement, which means the year is going to start on time. The players also refused to consent to moving the start date of the year, as as the players were, were emphatic that you know what this situation does not. Uh, and according to Adam Schefter, this, they, they, their point was, you know, this situation doesn't require anyone traveling extensively. All it means is that people need to get on the phones, get on the Internet and uh, negotiate some deals. So that's what's going on with the NFL right now is that everything is according to normal, which may be part of the reason that the NFLPA was uh, was was passed. Because you look at the vote, it was 60 votes, according to Adam Schefter, and six, 60 votes is an extremely close CBA vote. And ex- considering that the that the CBA was uh um you know the, the the deadline for it was extended um as well as there were people who tried to change their vote now we don't know if they were trying to change the vote from yes to no or no to yes but there's a lot of there's a lot of questions that can be taken out of that and saying you know what what really happened behind that what was the politics behind that was was the NFLPA trying to get more votes against it or more votes for it even though the president and everyone was suggesting that people should sign it um, it was interesting because the initial pushback was to to get people to say no to the CBA. So uh, that's another story. We'll get into that later as uh, more information on that comes out. But the big deal right now is that we know what the salary cap is. It's 198 and a half million dollars, which is a lot less than what we what we were projecting. And some some estimate uh, that that this is partially because of the coronavirus, and maybe that t- league owners are just kind of worried about what the what the what the impact on their bottom line will be. So instead of making the big jump like some people expected, they're going to do a modest situation here and keep it at, at this one ninety eight and a half million dollar cap space. But it also means that that teams do know what they're working with, and that's what we're going to focus on for this first segment and what the Steelers are working with. Also, I should point out. This is an edited show. I released an earlier statement that was based off some falsified news. I apologize for that. I need to do better on my part. I was waiting up late for more news so I can get a full show out. And uh, in my waiting up late, I think I just took on too much and uh, made a mistake there. But the bottom line is, and that we do know, is that all this has been ratified and the Steelers do have moves in front of them. Now, I've already talked about the show extensively. Mark Barron, Ramon Foster, and... Um, 
um, Mark Barrow and Anthony Chicklo is the three primary cuts that you can kind of expect this season that would open up around 14, 14-ish million dollars in cap space. The, currently, with the with this new CBA, the Steelers are about three million dollars under or over the cap, which means they they need to clear out cap space and fast. Um, so. With those clearing out clearing out uh, releases, that would allow the Steelers about 11 million in cap space. Uh, I was talking to Dale Lolly. He was he was telling me that he thinks that the Steelers can free as, as much as 13 million dollars simply by restructuring and re-signing uh, David DeCastro, Stephon Tuitt, and Stephen Nelson's deals. Now, David DeCastro's deals for a few more years. Stephon Tuitt's in the middle of a huge deal. It's going to keep him on the Steelers for a while. So pushing his money down the line makes a lot of sense. David DeCastro, same situation. Stephen Nelson is two more years under contract, which means that uh, the 25 and a half million dollars he's due, he's about a 10.5 million dollar cap hit this year. So looking at that, you're thinking maybe that's the way um, that they can they can push some of that money down the line because uh, you know not a, a lot of that isn't guaranteed uh, and uh, that that could be a way for the team to just open up some more cap space. But another situation that could be in line is Cam Hayward's re-signing. Now I brought this up earlier in the offseason. Cam Hayward's on the last year of his deal. He's a team captain. He's a longtime Steeler and a much valued player, and he's a first team All Pro interior defensive lineman. He's a he's a huge part of this defense. I absolutely see the team making a deal work here. But also, Cam Hayward could be trying to make the deal work for the Steelers. He's a guy. He's he's expressed his willingness to make that kind of a deal. So with all that considered, Cam Hayward. Definitely someone to keep your eye on to see if anything happens there. So what what what, what should we expect for the coming week? Well, 11:59 a.m. is the franchise is the deadline for for all teams to, to to franchise tag players, which means if the Steelers are going to tag Dupree, it's going to be by today at noon. That's that's the, that's the bottom line. However, if the Steelers are to um, are, are to sign into a long-term deal, the tag could just be all could also just be another way to buy themselves time. But to do that, they're going to need to make some cuts and some moves. That that and so expect a flurry of information this morning. If the Steelers are going to make those moves, they could not. They, you know, there's still a chance that they could say, you know, what, we're going to go a different route here because we didn't expect this with the CBA. But I doubt that. I think that we're going to see a series of moves today that allow the Steelers to make whatever room they need to make to keep Bud Dupree as well as address their restricted free agent and unrestricted free agents um this is all could happen very fast it's the nfl free agency period a lot of things do happen fast um and, and this is an, a, a highly irregular period not really because of the coronavirus but because of the cba we kept pushing back the cba uh vote which kept pushing back with when the teams were going to start to see their moves i'm going to get into the national moves in the next segment um so that's what we'll focus on there but We'll be talking about, uh, we're here really to talk about what the Steelers can do. Uh, now, again, remember, do not expect the Steelers to make a whole lot of moves in free agency. Do not expect them to to be uh, going all over the place and um, and signing big-name players. You're going to see a lot of that. Um, and and it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen fast uh, when, when everything, I believe everything kicks off on Wednesday. Um, that's something that we can, uh, that, 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 that we can all kind of, look at and have fun with but the thing is with the Steelers again I brought this up before 
when you own a lot of property and monopoly, you don't need to, to spend even more money to buy a property, you know, to try and buy a property that's going to waste your time. You got, when you have hotels up, you're good. It's like when you're, when, uh, when you're that person, when you've been budgeting well and you have, you have a, you have a house paid for, you have a mortgage, you have a car, you have all these bills, payment payments, just because you're spending, you're not spending a whole lot of money out in the streets and on, on entertainment and stuff doesn't mean that you don't have a whole lot of money. The Steelers are doing, are doing their business well because this is what they always do. Players like Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, Stephon Tewitt, Cam Hayward, Ben Roethlisberger. These are all veterans that are signed to deals that are that are that are keeping them here, and it's also deals that are taking up a lot of the cap space. That's why the Steelers never have cap space. They they draft well, they sign well, they keep players that they know that they know are going to are going to contribute. Which is why, which is why they they always have a limited amount of cap space under Kevin Colbert, and that's a good thing. That means that they don't they don't have to become the Jacksonville Jaguars and go out and sign you know eight to ten people in free agency for big money, and then fall apart in a year when they don't all gel. This is the Steelers system. It works, uh, and they've been able to make it work for over twenty for well twenty years now with Kevin Colbert uh, and you know heading into his twentieth season. Um, but I, I look at this and I see that there's a lot of opportunity for the Steelers to create cap space. This is not a, this is not a panic. This is not a, a serious problem. Um, I, I think it's uh, I think it's a I think it's a situation where again Kevin Colbert's going to work some magic, and we're all going to be sitting back thinking, "Man, the Steelers actually did something here." Because if they don't get Bud Dupree, that means they're gonna they are gonna look somewhere else. They're they're gonna make these restructures happen, and they're going to uh, they're gonna they're gonna go get someone else. But I I think from all our sources indicating. The, the Steelers are going to keep Bud Dupree. This is this is absolutely what's going to happen. So look for that news this morning and more. Um, and uh, there's going to be a lot of speculation out there because Javon Hargrave. What this does movies movies mean is Javon Hargrave is definitely gone. Um, the the Steelers probably would have needed the cap to be uh, around 205 or 210 uh, million dollars. Uh, and that would have that might have opened up the space for Javon Hargrave. But for now, that's not the case. So um, that means that Javon Hargrave most likely is going to be lost to free agency, as we kind of expected, anyways. But uh, the big the big deal here here is the Steelers now know what the, what they have to move. But so do other teams, and there've already been some moves as far as retaining players and maybe and even a trade that's going to impact the Steelers this upcoming season. We're gonna get that to, uh, to that and more in this next segment here, um, as teams are gonna be making moves. Teams are gonna be shifting. I think the biggest thing, though, we all know the Steelers have most of the talent they need on their roster. They may need to replenish the offensive line. They probably need to get more playmakers for the offense at the running back position, maybe at the receiver position, maybe at the tight end position. But all that can be done now that they kind of have a sense of what they can do in free agency and what they what they're going to be focusing on in the draft. So what were the other moves that were happening across the NFL? Well, let's get into that with the next segment. But first, a quick commercial break, and then we'll get into that. All right, so the Steel, again, the Steelers got to make their moves, but other teams have made moves. So let's talk about that. But man, oh man, were there some heavy-hitting moves made around the league? Um, I look, I look right at, I look right at this, and uh, it, it started off. What really was the first boom that I heard was um, was the Ravens making a big, a big splash. They trade. The Jacksonville Jaguars, a fifth-round draft pick to get defensive end Calais Campbell. Now, Calais Campbell 
is a bad man. If you if you don't know uh, the assortment of defensive linemen, he was the leading charge, the leading factor in that in that Jaguars defense that took down the Steelers in the 2017 uh, you know NFL playoffs. And and I and I know everyone's thinking like, what about Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith and all those guys? Well, Calais Campbell. He was the catalyst. He was up front. He disrupted the run. He rushed the passer. And he's been this guy for quite some time. Uh, and the whole reason behind this, and why would the Jaguars give someone up like with like that just for, uh, for a fifth-round draft pick? Well, it's because they knew they needed to create the cap space. Uh, Calais Campbell... Um, is you know is ha- had a huge cap number on him with this upcoming year his cap number is about 15 million dollars for the for the for the Baltimore Ravens and that includes the two point the two and a half million dollars that he's getting as dead money from the from the Jacksonville Jaguars um, so looking at this situation the Ravens they have they, they they're it's kind of interesting to see how they're playing. Also, Calais Campbell's only thirty three years old. You know that's kind of like right towards that's like the last like of the prime years of a defensive lineman. Um, but uh, he's still going to be effective. So the Steelers are going to have to deal with this guy, man. Calais Campbell. To explain how long he's been at it, he played for the Cardinals in that Super Bowl where they lost to the Steelers back in two thousand eight. That's how long Calais Campbell's been at it, and he's been very good for a long time. Um, so it's a big move for them to get him. Now it's a, it's a one year rental basically, unless they extend him, um, which they might try to do. They might try to do what the Steelers are doing now and see if they can spread out some of that money and give him a couple, couple more years. But, um, you know, you look at the, you look at the Ravens and with this move, uh, a lot of stuff's happening here because now their cap space is bounded down to about $2.8 million. Um, because they, remember they traded to get Marcus Peters. They traded, they signed Matt Thomas. They, they, they hit Matt Judon with, uh, with the franchise tag. Now they might try to trade him away, but that's another story. Um, you know, they still got Brandon Williams, who I think he might come off the books. Uh, Ronnie Stanley is a guy, uh, who fits that, but there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that they can do right now to keep this thing. So that, so that they're, they're a team that's also very active, but they weren't the only team because, yeah, uh, we got our we got our first real domino to fall in the quarterback race, and it wasn't Tom Brady. It was Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill and the Titans agreed to a four year deal um, that 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 was a huge payday for for Ryan Tannehill. Um, and it's crazy because the Titans were supposed to be one of the major people that were. Uh, that that we're going to change how this how they were, the Titans were the one of the teams that going to chase Tom, chase down Tom Brady, and that was the first domino that was supposed to fall was Tom Brady. It didn't. Ryan Tannehill's uh, deal got gets him about 118 million dollars around around uh, which is uh, close to 30 million a year. It's over four seasons. 62 million of that is fully guaranteed, uh, and uh, it's it's a huge get for Ryan Tannehill after being thrown away by the Miami Dolphins. And uh, getting his and helping getting get his team to the uh, AFC Championship game, um, but it's very interesting because while that happened, the Niners a report came out on the Niners saying that they're not interested in Tom Brady, which means Tom Brady, who was thought to be of interest in Tennessee and in San Francisco, that's not happening anymore. So now the only other potential spot that we've heard of that that sounds like it even makes sense is Tampa Bay, but do they want to go and do that right now? Uh, and does Tom Brady want to go to a system that's been broken for so long? Yes, he'd have some some really interesting weapons and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, but I mean, it, it makes the most sense for him to go back to New England. Um, now, whether or not he wants to continue button heads with 
Bill Belichick, I'm sure that that play that plays a role in it. But man, what a domino to fall! I mean, and tweet at me how you felt about this with uh, you know at, at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. But you know, let me know how you're feeling about uh, about this whole situation with the Titans re-signing Tannehill. I mean, this sounds like uh, like just read the writing on the wall, guys. You know, uh, you know the the Ravens after Joe Flacco uh, won the Super Bowl, they signed him to this huge contract, and it just tied the Ravens down for years. And they're only now just getting out from under that contract, and that's why they're starting to get good. Uh, I feel like the same thing is going to happen with the 49ers. You know, it worked out this year because they had a lot of young talent and their defense rose up. But I really don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is all that, and they may have tied themselves to a mediocre quarterback for a ton of money for some years. Now, Ryan Tannehill, you're paying him a lot of money. Uh, man, that's 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 just very interesting, to, to, to say the least, about what's going on um, uh, in, in the NFL. Uh, and, and Ryan Tannehill, you look at it. You look at his new deal, and uh, according to OverTheCap.com, who they're trying to get, they're they're my primary source for how I try to keep track of how things are managed. Um, but according to their their notes, they're saying that his cap number is going to be twenty two and a half million dollars. Now, I mean, that's about the going price for a, for a, a standard you know quarterback that's a, that's got that's a veteran and has experience and can run an offense, but. You know, you look at that, and I gotta wonder how much does Ryan Tannehill really bring you? Now he had a good year; he had good overall passing numbers, but again, it's behind a much stronger and much more powerful running game. And they don't have Derrick Henry under contract, and they just let go of Deion Lewis. Now they could tag Derrick Henry; they still have about thirty-eight point seven million dollars in cap space, so I fully expect them to keep him. Uh, but he was the catalyst that offense, not Ryan Tannehill. And anyone that knows football, watch that, watch the tape on those games, and you're seeing this guy move the offense. Tannehill added the fact that they could be afraid of a quarterback that could complete some passes. But you know, you take away Derrick Henry, they're not even making the playoffs. You you take away Tannehill, I think that's it's a similar issue, but not because Tannehill's so amazing. It's because Tannehill was just competent enough to cover up the, the major weaknesses that Marcus Mariota had. But when it comes to carrying an offense, that's what Derrick Henry was doing. And uh, I just think it's a I think it's a it's a mistake to pay a quarterback that much. But hey, maybe they, maybe they can make it work. Maybe they're able to keep a lot of a lot of defenders around. They're still paying Jarrell Casey and Malcolm Butler a lot of money. Kevin Byard's getting paid. So uh, who knows about that? Um, uh, yeah, so the NFL just kind of making some moves. Also, the Patriots did make a move in free agency. They re-signed Devin McCourty. I believe it was, uh, it was, you know, it's a reasonable deal. It allows him finish out his, uh, um, it allows him to finish out his years, uh, with the Patriots. Um, so Devin McCourty getting signed. The Patriots, I, I really think they, they're, this is why I said the whole time, uh, I, I thought that Tom Brady was going back to the Patriots. I still think it's going to happen. Um, I, I just I didn't buy into this notion that he was going to go somewhere else. That is, he is the golden goose for the Patriots. He's such a selling point for them. Uh, Bob Kraft is not going to let that happen. Uh, and I think they were willing to like open up the chance of it just to make Tom Tom okay. But I felt like this was always going to be the case that they're going to want him back. And and other teams wanting to tie themselves to Tom Brady for two three years. Um, you know, after not having his best year when they can get a younger quarterback or draft a quarterback, I just, I, I didn't see that happening. So, um, all that being said, it is a crazy time in the NFL right now. And I'm telling y'all stay alert. 
if you want to, this is always one of the more fun times of the year. It's just because every day of free agency, there's another, it's like a, it's like a huge hit after another huge hit. It's, it's almost as, as cool for me as, as like the draft and game day, because you get to see just huge news. And then there's all this speculation, like, man, what, how good is this player with this team? How could, how good could this be? Like, you know, Odell Beckham signing with the Browns. I mean, we all knew that the Browns were going to fold, but at the same time, it's like, whoa, that that means a lot. Now, what does this do for them? And what do the Giants get 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 here? Um, you know, so there's there's going to be a lot of big swings and big moves. We got a lot of quarterbacks on the board. Philip Rivers still has to go somewhere, and who knows? By the time you're listening to this, there's probably been more moves. The Steelers might have already made some big moves of their own. So this is what I love about NFL free agency. It's heavy hitters. It's big moves. It's small. It's it, and often also. It's the teams that are making the smarter, smaller moves like the Steelers that are able to keep their team in order. Because remember, the team that usually wins free agency usually loses the season. I mean, if you and if you think about it, look back to the Jaguars of 2017. They won free agency, but then and they had a hot year, but after that they've fallen apart. The proper way to build your team is through the draft. The Steelers know that. Other great organizations know that. Um, so you know, it's interesting to see where these signings go. But it's ultimately who is doing their best job to keep a nucleus together. So um, keep a, keep an eye out for that. Uh, there's going to be a lot more news, and I'm going to have a lot more to talk about this. So I'm not going to exhaust all my points on free agency right now. But it's mock draft Monday, y'all. So now before we get to that, we got a quick message. But after this, we'll get to the to the mock draft networks or the, uh, to the draft networks new mock draft, and then we'll announce which one of you guys had the best mock draft this week. Coming up next. Okay, y'all, it's Mock Draft Monday time, and that means first got to go over the most recent draft on the DraftNetwork.com. Our partner's over there, Trevor Sakema, who's a host of the Locked On uh, NFL Draft podcast. He had his What I Would Do NFL Mock Draft 1.0, um, and he did three rounds. So we get a couple Steelers picks now that, the, uh, that, they, now that we know that their comp pick is the 102nd pick of the draft, which is 38th of the third round. Um, so first of all, let's do what we do every week. 18th pick of the draft, which the Dolphins got from the Steelers for Minka Fitzpatrick, is interior defensive lineman from Oklahoma, Neville Gallimore. Is that guy going to be better than Minka Fitzpatrick? I doubt it. Anyways, moving forward. Second round. So here we get a chance to see what the Steelers pick. Um, interesting picks here in the second round. The Bengals get uh, the Bengals get Justin Jefferson, wide receiver LSU. I really like him. Um, I thought that was definitely interesting. Jalen Rager, wide receiver from TCU, going to the Redskins. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, interesting picks here. There's a lot of offensive tackles flying off the board. Just, just again, showing that it, it could get really rough for an offensive tackle to happen. Uh, Prince Tega Wanogo from Auburn going to the Cardinals. He's a guy that's, like, really he, – he's the prototype, typical build, and he has – uh, he has the, the everything you want except the natural skills, and he's going to kind of need to learn that. Then Ezra Cleveland, a tackle out of Boise State, going to the Jaguars at 42. Um, and then uh, Isaiah Wilson from Georgia going at 46. Isaiah Wilson, I mean, he's projected by a lot of people to be a third or a fourth rounder. And he's, here he is going before the Steelers pick at 49. This, again, is my point why I think that offensive line is going to be hard to pick. But Trevor has the Steelers still going on offensive line, getting Ben Barch. Offensive tackle of St. John's. Now, Ben Barch, I, I I like Ben Barch, but not in the second round. Uh, and, and here's why. 
Barch is a guy that when uh, the, the little bit of stuff tape I've seen from him and the notes that I've read from other people that I've collected, the general is that he's a he's he's a technically sound guy and technically sound guys are great and all, but when you pick someone in the second round, you don't just want a technically sound guy. You want a guy that's going to dominate their position. And when you dominate a position, that means you're more physical than than everyone else. And I just um, he's a he's a D three player. Um, you know, he, 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 you, you want to see a guy that, that can impose his will on people, uh, with more than just technique. You want natural raw skills. Technique will get you far, but eventually that technique, when you run up against the people like Calais Campbell from the Raven, who's now with the Ravens technique won't beat guys who have great technique and are supreme athletes. And that's where I think that Barch does not fit the second round selection right there. Um, especially when you can get, again, a, a prime running back or, you know, just an, another player in any other position that can help them on offense. Um, especially when he has J.K. Dobbins being selected at 57th overall. I mean, I even consider a wide receiver at this point, like K.J. Hamler, who he has getting picked after him. Um, yeah, I mean, I even look at Sadiq Charles, uh, tackle from LSU, who gets selected after him, and Brandon Ayuk of Arizona State. You get my meaning there um so then third round picks so i was like man i'm real proud of trevor he's he, finally someone that's not uh, you know in the pittsburgh area isn't picking the steelers to have an edge rusher drafted early and then he drafts an edge rusher early at the at the third round pick that they got for the comp pick daryl taylor edge rusher from tennessee I, I like taylor i think that he's a um i think that he's an interesting uh guy that when you when, when i look at him now i mean i have some friends that are big tennessee guys they uh, they, they, they trust me I've, I've i've looked at all these tennessee guys uh at some point this season um i think he's a guy that that has he has some of that physical explosiveness that i was talking about like the the the, the, the things that that are natural that you can develop in the nfl he's not really as much of a technique guy now he's very good and it, this part he reminds me of bud dupree is he gets off the ball very quickly he's explosive he has good hands and he, he looks to fight them off and he'll be good against the run bud dupree in his early years did something that i was always crazy that jason rolls didn't do enough but when he was with the steelers and that was that he would keep his outside shoulder free and turn the run back inside bud did that a lot of his rookie season and his second year season um but of course everyone wanted bud to be a premier pass rusher and he just wasn't that until this year so um so you know i understand why people were frustrated with bud but there were a lot of things that he was doing that weren't being highly celebrated but i thought were quite important now if um if daryl taylor can do this then I think that's a that's a really good step for him, and I think that's a good thing to have in the back pocket of an edge rusher because the Steelers are most likely going to need a backup edge rusher because they're going to cut Anthony Ciccolo. I'm 100% certain that they're going to find a way to keep Bud Dupree with the moves that they're making right now. Again, keeping your ears to the ground, keep your ears to the ground, keep your eyes out. I think that there's going to be uh, some big moves by the time probably while you're listening to this podcast. Um, so. Um, continuing in that thread there. Um, I, I, I like Taylor. I'm not sure about the third round. I think again, you can add some offensive playmakers there. That, that, that's really what they want, what they need to add, right? They've been adding on defense for so long. They've got a lot, a lot of youth on defense. That's really good. Add some youth on offense, get some guys that can contribute either in the trenches or in the playmaking. And, uh, I think that that would, that will lead them to, um, uh, I, I think I think that would that would lead them to, uh, to you know to some success there. Um, but anyways, okay, so that was that. That was Trevor Sakema's uh, mock draft. It went three rounds. I mean, I you know, better than most because uh, a lot of them have them selecting an edge rusher in the first round. I just like why why would why would they do that? They would not. 
Anyways, we got a lot to talk about. Let's announce our winner for the Mock Draft Monday contest. You all made this really hard because there were some really good ones out there. But this week's winner is our boy, Leo Cell. Leo Cell, you cheated, first of all. There's no way you got this draft picked on your own. Somehow, this fool, we ain't got Andrew Thomas of Georgia in the 49th pick of the draft. Get the heck out of here. But, I mean, I guess that's got to win, right? Because oh, when, what, dra- what mock draft network? Look, 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 did you choose the I'm drunk section? Because this, how does anyone let Andrew Thomas fall to the second round, let alone the 49th pick? But, hey, you got the, I mean, this is clearly from mock draft network. I know their style. And uh, you got it to work, so congratulations to you. <laughs> I mean, Andrew Thomas, for those who don't know, he, he's one of those guys that if the Steelers could get him, it would be a game changer. He's an offensive tackle. He's a mauler. He's got technique. He's out of Georgia. He's, he played in the SEC. I, I love Andrew Thomas. I think that, you know, he's not he's not one of the top, top guys because there's Jedrick Wills, there's Irvs, there's, there's all those guys at the very top of the top. But I look at this, and I'm just like, man, if they could get an Andrew Thomas, it solves so many problems at the tackle position. They wouldn't need to pay Matt Filer. I mean, the, honestly, they could even look at, at getting rid of Villanueva at this point because he did not have a good season at all. Um, you know, but like, like again, when I look at these tackles, I see Mekhi Becton, I see Jedrick Wills, um, and, you know, you go down the line, I see Tristan Wirfs. Those are my top three. Andrew Thomas, just outside of those three. And uh, and, and just, just for example, why I don't think this will happen, Trevor Sakema in his mock draft had him going at 11. Uh, these picks go to 11. And uh, he, he has them going to the Jets at 11, which makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of teams that want offensive tackles, and uh, this is a heck of a draft to get them. I, I just think they're going to fly off the board. But, hey, Leo, you made it work. So who was your second pick? It was Zach Moss in the third round with that comp pick. Yes, we got comp picks now in these things, y'all. So now we finally can include that pick that we always thought that Steelers were going to get with Le'Veon Bell being gone. And who else to get it with? Zach Moss, the power back out of Utah. I really like Zach Moss. Now what stinks is we're not going to get to see his pro day because coronavirus. Yay, more coronavirus talking. I'm just going to skip that. Um, but... Uh, but Zach Moss, I've, t- I've brought him up on this show before. Power back, runs really be- well behind his blockers in both power schemes and zone schemes. Has a has, has a really good uh, uh, instinct for how to make people miss as well as just run them over. I, I think that I would prefer a, a scat back or a faster back. Um, I, I really like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's my guy in this draft. That if they get him, I I, I will be like, all right, they did they did something that I, that I, that I really I really see all the elements there. But I wouldn't get mad at a Zach Moss. He fits the bill of a Steelers running back over the past few years. You know, like Le'Veon Bell, like Benny Snell, uh, even even like James Conner. These are guys that look for contact, do well with it, and work well within the tackles. They're less home run hitters and more so, uh, you know, singles and doubles hitters. Uh, if, if you will, at the running back position. Then, with the first or the fourth round picks at, at 124, he gets Ben Barch, who we were just talking about. Now, that's a spot where I can see Ben Barch. In the fourth round, a fundamentally sound lineman. Boom. You add that to your mix. Now, again, you're getting Andrew Thomas. So, that means, I, honestly, with this draft, I do think that, they, that theoretically, the Steelers would cut Villanueva. That saves another $5 million on their cap. You could bump uh, Chikuma Okora for a left tackle. You could then have, have Zach Banner and Matt Filer fighting for the Chiefs to get that starting position or Andrew Thomas gets to that spot and then Ben Barch is in your is, is your last reserve and then you can go, feel comfortable going to those uh six-man offensive line heavy heavy sets that the Steelers like to do um and and pound some people with the football so I, I like Ben Barch in the fourth round that's a much better spot Leo then 
Let, let the second, fourth round pick, and this was the kind of the one that clinched it for me. Chase Claypool, Notre Dame, the really explosive, uh, really interesting player. Again, some people are drafting him in the second round and the third round. Eh, hold up with that, Chief. I don't think that that's the spot he needs to go. Fourth round, mm, primo, right there, boom. Get that playmaker wide receiver, add him to your core, uh, and now you you have a you have a, a set of five with Washington, with Juju, with Johnson, with Kane, and then with Claypool, um, and, and honestly, I, I think it's going to make it tough for Ryan Switzer to come back with the, um, with with everything else. James James Lynch, interior defensive lineman from Baylor, guy that can fight for depth. Uh, I, I thought Isaiah Bugs played, played well this year, but it's always good to have competition. Um, and then finally, Quez Watkins, wide receiver of Southern Mississippi, another good just, hey, Add a guy to the add a guy to the roster. Add a guy to the wide receiver depth. See how he fights it out in camp. And if he beats it, if he shows it, hey, maybe I can take some return reps. That's another story. Uh, maybe if I can, maybe if I can just get some reps on the field and win some combat catches, I can fight for it. The Steelers are probably going to end up keeping six wide receivers for the next few years. Also, with this new CBA, rosters are expanded from 53 to 55. So um, the Steelers are going to. I think the Steelers are definitely keeping six wide receivers uh, for the for the for the time being. So. Um, good, good on you, Leo Cell. Congratulations again on winning this week. Keep playing, everyone. Thanks for those who did participate. It was a very tough week to judge um, because y'all had some serious good ones out there. Uh, just don't pick Rob Blankenship. Uh, the person who did knows who I'm talking to. Uh, but anyways, um, but uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I get, I have those moments. Uh, inside joke with whoever that was. But anyways, um, okay. Th again, thanks for participating in Mock Draft Monday. It was a really good. Uh, selection. Be sure to look out next Friday for Mock Draft Monday because um, you know I'll be put. I post these things up every Friday in the in the Locked On Steelers Facebook group. If you're not if if you're not uh, in the Locked On Steelers Facebook group and you want to join and play this game with us, uh, feel free to go on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers. Just ask ask to join. I'll add you as soon as I can. And then also we have hundreds hundreds of loyal listeners that talk in there every day and uh you can be one of them and just chat with other Steelers fans share news amongst yourselves I sometimes jump in there our former co-host Tony Serino jumps in there it's always it's always fun to talk about stuff with you guys so have more than happy to do it um be sure to stay, to stay tuned I'm, gonna, I'm not sure we have Tony Tuesday yet tomorrow I think we will uh we have to work out some schedule stuff of course with all this uh, coronavirus stuff going on it's made things jumbled uh my DK Spitzer sports stuff uh we have some filming and stuff that we need to do it's going to uh, change things up on my schedule so we'll see how that goes but all in all it's a, i thought it was i thought it was a nice monday let me know what you thought about the show thanks so much for all those who do uh remember hit me up on twitter at carter critiques um and then also the facebook group also if you do leave a five-star review on apple podcasts i will definitely read your review aloud five-star reviews and positive comments really help me get the word out about the show um and uh as long as it's uh safe for work i will read those the five-star reviews out and uh thanks for all those who have even if you have already feel free to leave another one those things help help me get out the word and uh and uh, share more what we're doing here locked on Steelers also for Pittsburgh media March Madness for those who are interested it's coming to a close today right around midday this should this whole the, the, the this round should be over it looks like I've kind of clinched it it would take a supreme comeback on the part of Jim Colony to beat me but that means we're going to be ready to, this time tomorrow there's probably also going to be uh there's probably going to there's probably going to be a new poll out for the next round because I'll be in the sweet 16 so pay attention for that I'll give a link on my profile on Twitter thanks again for listening I'll check y'all tomorrow